Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Fergo on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is an outraged League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How's things going, mate? Things are going well because the outrage is strong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that, that calm before yeah. the storm going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's not piss fart around. Let's get into this. Um, on June the 2nd, mm-hmm. 46 days ago, mm-hmm. ARL Commissioner and former player Mark Coyne was alleged to have verbally abused a cab driver and a police officer in Singapore, which resulted in his passport being confiscated for seven weeks, and he spent, apparently, a night uh, in, a, in a prison cell. Mm-hmm. Coyne said, It was a very embarrassing situation for me and my family. I was in a bit of shock. I've never been in trouble before. Um, now, Mark Coyne has been stood down as an ARL commissioner. Yes. And just before, I'll, I'll let that sort of simmer a bit more with you there, mm-hmm. just to add to it. Um, it's also worth noting that this matter with Mark Coyne will not be investigated by the NRL Integrity Unit. Instead, he will be grilled solely by the ARL Commission Chairman, Peter Beatty. No. No way. What a disgrace. This is the same group of people that passed a new rule where you have to stand down from your club if you're accused of any serious crime. And here is Mark Coyne. He has his passport confiscated 42 days ago. It's kept quiet, and he's only just been stood down now. And then he doesn't have to front the integrity commission, like the double standards are outrageous, absolutely outrageous. And it's the players should be up in arms about this because it's just one rule for the commissioners and another rule for the players. The ARL and the NRL were so quick to throw any player they could under the bus. They didn't care about anything. And here they are keeping things quiet for 42 days. Ridiculous. It's, uh, wow. I, it, it baffles me how, how, you know, oh, the double standards. It's just, I'm, I'm fucking speechless is what it is, okay? Um, Mark Coyne refused to say anything about this until apparently a few days ago. But this so he's, I, the he's idea... withheld this information from the actual NRL. Yeah, and but the idea that they didn't know, like what a load of crap. A, a commissioner just goes missing for 42 days. It's like, oh, yeah, Mark's still in Singapore. He really likes it. <laughs> it it's, it's just outrageous. Can you imagine if a player did this? Just this, the exact same thing. Do you reckon that yeah. they would be cool with it? They'd be like, oh, look, you don't need to see the integrity commission and we'll, we'll stand you down now. You know, no bloody way. No bloody way. Yeah, and then and then have the gall to say, you know, to the player, instead of having you go towards the general um, integrity unit to be investigated, we'll just get your club coach to do the investigating instead. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you don't have to explain yourself. I mean, the whole idea of the integrity unit is that it is completely independent. Unbelievable. It's like, 
it, it's got to it's got to play into the court case that DeBellin's putting together because because he's still fighting it. You know, DeBellin's uh, legal team. I read a thing today where they said that they don't believe that any sponsors actually walked away from the game, and they're looking into that. Um, yeah, it's it's just complete double standards. And I've said for years and years now, I think that. If you're on, if you're one of the um, high-profile like board members at club level or in the NRL, and definitely the integrity unit, uh, not the integrity unit, the AR, ARL commission, you should be part of the same drug testing system that players have to go through. Like even if that means waking up at five thirty a.m. and having the pistol bottle for a cider, because I just hate double standards like this. And to have just to be able to say, well, you know, we'll make up another rule as we go. You don't have to talk to the Integrity Commission. You can just talk to me. Let's just see what happened. I'm sure it was nothing. But when players get involved in anything, it's like, well, we're standing you down and we're not saying that you're guilty, but we're just going to treat you like you are. It's it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's out of madness. Um, yeah. It's made a mockery of the integrity unit. Yeah. Especially knowing the fact that the ARL Commission has authority over the integrity unit. Like, a matter like this comes along, and the ARL Commission can just say, no, it's not going to them. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, the integrity... integrity. Oh, that, that doesn't matter. We're, we're above that. Yeah, like, it's they integrity, just undermine the integrity unit. It's integrity to a certain level. And not everyone's included under that level. It's like a high jump bar. So everyone, everyone they need to control is on the bar under, underneath the bar. That's where the integrity unit covers. And anyone yeah. over that bar doesn't have to be investigated by the integrity unit. And that's wrong. It's completely wrong. It goes the against integrity what unit it's should there be a, for. It should be a coverall for everyone involved in the game. One hundred percent. And like. And, and I say this with all of the situations, right, that we see with all of any players that get in trouble, any officials or anything, I'm happy to let the law work it out, right? And if the in- integrity unit wants to look into it and come up with their own conclusions, I don't really care what they come up with because at the end of the day, we've got to go by what the law says. So I'm not even sitting here and saying, well, you know, Mark Coyne is guilty, this, that or the other. It's just the fact that they apply rules differently between players and a commissioner and that a player has to go through all these different hoops that the, a commissioner doesn't have to. And a commissioner should be held to an even higher standard. Well, yeah, I mean, they they are running the, the actual game. I mean, if they can't do the right thing, then how can they be out there condemning players for not doing the right thing themselves? Exactly. How can they sit there and have a meeting and pass judgment that they're going to stand down players? And then a few months later, I mean, it's only a couple of months later where they turn around and say, yeah, but when it comes to us, we're different. No, that's, that's crap. Yeah. And the, let's, let's be clear. We're not saying that the allegations against um, the Bellum uh, equal to the ones that are against Coin. Coin's obviously no. done far less of a crime, but you know, allegedly, for both of them. But that's beside the point. The yeah. the system they've got in place is the same no matter what the crime is. Exactly. And yeah. Exactly. The the um 
the administration of how that functions and how that rule functions that they brought in doesn't cover all. It only covers some. And that's that's an ineffective rule. If it doesn't cover everyone, then it's not a rule. And as soon as you start undermining something like the Integrity Commission, I mean, you're just chipping away at its foundations. Yeah. Like when you start to say, well... You know, it, it, they're allowed to look into some things but not other things or not other people or not other levels of the game. Straight away, their their power, their independence, everything starts to be undermined. You their know, this is, Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the problem. You know, that's that's the problem I have with all of this is that 42 days and this was all kept quiet. And look, I'm the first person to say it's no one else's business, right? I really am. But 42 days, a commissioner of the ARL Commission kept this quiet, and he's in bloody Singapore the whole time, and he can't return home, and we're mm. supposed to believe that the ARL Commission didn't know anything about it? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's it stinks is what it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't say any more about that. It just, it, it, I hate the hypocrisy that happens from time to time. And when it's over misbehaviour, coming from the people who's have made a, they've, you know, part of their purpose for existence, this commission, is to make sure everything runs properly and professionally. Mm. And when they, when they can't even do that themselves, what the hell have we got to hang our hat on? Well, you can't have Peter Beattie getting out there on his high horse, right, passing judgment on players left, right, and centre, saying that he's doing it because he's protecting the integrity of the game because sponsors are going to go away. And then all of a sudden, when it's one of them that has an issue, one of the ARL commission, oh, it's, that's different. That's a completely different story. Like, it doesn't work like that. And Peter Beatty goes around and he loves to virtue signal about every single bloody thing he can. But then when, when push comes to shove about one of the commissioners, he just rolls over. What a joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really add much more to that other than saying, um, speaking of another joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week it was revealed that um, over in England, Blake Austin had been added to the uh, England's, what do they call it? The uh, it's like was it? A, it's like a train on squad, or I think they call it a merit squad or something. That's it. Yeah, the the elite squad. Yeah, he's been added to their elite squad. Yeah, and it was the only player added so far. Now. Um, You've done some research. How long has he been over in England for? Well, he played his first game on the 2nd of February, the Super League well, game. Last year? No, no, no. This year, 2019. So this year? Yeah, yeah. Year. So he's so, only been there for five months. Exactly. And he's like already time... better than all the other English 5.8s in the competition. Exactly. Exactly. This time last year, he was sucking for the Raiders. And all of a sudden, he rocks on up to England plays a good couple of months, and he's a pom. Like, Colin Minogue must be so pissed off. She's been over there for 30 years. She whacks on a weird accent, and, and they still call her an Aussie. 
Meanwhile, Blake Austin turns up a few months later and he's a palm. He's a through and through palm. Unbelievable. What a joke. <laughs> Look, I will say this, okay. Find, find me a major international country that hasn't picked a player on their side before that's come from another country or represented another nation before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Everyone's done it. I'm not saying that the system's good, but... Yeah. The fact that English fans are getting all pissed off about it. How many Welsh-born players who have played for Wales have gone on to play for England? Oh, or Scottish-born, yeah. or Irish-born, <laughs> or South African-born. Well, did you see the World Cup or New Zealand-born? The 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 cricket team and it was apparently as captained by like an Irish dude and they were asking him if he brought the luck of the Irish to the England (laughs) team and it was like the United States of England drew the Cricket World Cup final and somehow got the trophy because they cheated yeah yeah. it's I, I just find it a bit odd that English fans are getting so pissed off about this you know I played for Portugal you know yeah what was it seven years ago it's not like they're a test nation. Yeah. And there's more of a, a, a friendly deed where he's helping them out more than anything. Um, so I, that's hardly a reason to not pick him. Oh, he's Australian-born. You picked Rangy Chase before. He was New Zealand-born. How about the fact that he puts in a couple of good months of form and they're like, well, we've got to rush him into the side. He's one of our best. I think it's yeah. embarrassing. I think that every single English rugby league fan and supporter and administrator and player should be utterly embarrassed by this. Yeah, but at the same time, do you pick a team that's going to win? I pick or do you a pick team. Pick a team that's made of people who were born there. If I'm England, I pick an English team. That's what I would do, and be be proud to be England, and to be the sixth best team in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was going <laughs> to say, got... I, I kind of expected a, uh, a, a response along those lines. Yeah. Look, you've got Australia, who's better than them by a long, long way. Can't even score points against us these days. you got the Kiwis, you know, and they'll talk about, oh, with the Kiwis, we beat them. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. The Kiwis just don't bother turning up against you a lot because you're just England. And so the Kiwis are the second best team. Then you've got Tonga, who are the third best team. And then it's a choice between probably Samoa and Fiji for fourth and fifth. I'd put England there in sixth, you know. They they get a run for their money if they play a full-strength PNG team. So, yeah, just be happy to be English and to be sixth in the world. That's, uh, I actually had an idea, and I know they've done this once before, or twice yeah. before, actually, yeah. where England plays against a bunch of players who they made the Exiles team. It was going to be their attempted origin. Yeah. England versus the Exiles. <clears throat> yeah. it was. By the way, it was a great concept. I always used to cheer on all the others, because I used to go, yeah, go all the others. And uh, it was fantastic, and uh, they scrapped it. Well, they, they made it out like it. they made it out like it was a, this revolutionary new concept. But yeah. England's been playing a team called Other Nationality since the 30s or 40s. 
mm-hmm. in the old European uh, European Cup. So it's not that new an idea. Yeah. It wasn't that far fetched. And I think it got scrapped because the Exiles won the second game, I think. Well, they needed to be like, and, and there, there was a problem in that, like, what were the Exiles playing for? Like, they, they were just, there was nothing to really play for. They were, were winning a trophy for what? Nothing. They were playing in this game representing just this made-up jersey. And, like, what do they get out of it? Just nothing, really. So that well, was essentially, the problem. Yeah, it was essentially a trial run for England. Yeah, But given that much. England lost one of those games... You know, it's went, just sh- let's bury that. We don't want to be losing to a made-up team that doesn't have anything to play for. Yeah, well, look, it's just a shame that there's no way for England to play some other nation that they could, you know, just take a bus ride and go and play there or maybe even at most get on a train and go and play another major rugby league nation. They just haven't got that ability. And England... They love pointing the finger at Australia and saying, oh, Australia don't play that many games. We play more games than England do. We just do. It's a fact. Australia is responsible for more international rugby league being played than England ever has allowed to be played. Um, The Rugby Football League are the laziest organisation in the whole world when it comes to international football. They expect everyone to go over there and play there. I mean, they're making a big song and dance because they're coming to the Southern Hemisphere. Wow, whoop-de-doo. You're doing your first proper test tour in the Southern Hemisphere since the early 90s. Let's give you a round of applause. It's a disgrace. It's, uh, yeah, it must be hard living so far away from a lot of other countries around the world. If only they were situated in bloody Europe still. Yeah. Yeah, poor buggers. Yeah, bunch of... Just a bunch of arrogant pricks. That's all they are. And then they go and select Blake Austin. What a joke. And then they wonder why no one takes them seriously. Well done, England. United States of England. You drew another series. You know, go and knight everyone. Can you knight an Irishman, by the way? Is it possible? Mm, Only if he becomes English. Ah, they'll find a way. (laughs) They found a way for Blake. And by the way, just find a way for Kylie and Madonna. Stop being a bunch of assholes about it. Well, Madonna's even tried to adopt the accent. Exactly. She's even wearing an eye patch these days. Yeah, she's made the effort. Yeah, just let her be. Let her be a palm. Yeah. You know, be thankful that she even wants to be associated with you people. Now, uh... You sound uncomfortable. No, no. <laughs> I was, I was trying to think of a way of keeping that outrage going, but the, uh, the other stories I've got to talk about just don't have okay. much attached to them. Yeah, um, yeah. Manly, uh, they've got Dylan Walker off contract in October, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> they've um, they've essentially said to him that, we're, we're willing to look at your contract, but just not yet. We want to see you earn an, an extension. Yeah. If If he doesn't earn it, who would pick him up? I don't know. I, I think he's having a really, really poor season. Um, obviously, he hasn't played the entire season for reasons we all know. Um, but, like, I just wouldn't sign him. I, did, I don't know where he goes. I, I don't see a player that is, you know, a, a featured player at all. 
He's um, like, like where would you know what? I don't even know what position you're playing him because he's he's been complaining about being out of position. Really, where does he feel like his position is? I don't know. He On must the PlayStation. Think he's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the side of the defendant. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I wish we had the the law and order thing that goes ding ding. Um, yeah, I, I he must think he's a five eight, and he's not. He's definitely no. not a five eight. No, um, there's no way he's he's unseating uh, Kate Cust either. That kid's playing brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, and so so that begs the question: like, is there anyone out there that's desperate enough to maybe give him a go? And I think like. I mean, for instance, would you have him over Aiden Caesar? No. I, yeah, I don't think so either. I think they're comparable players, and Caesar doesn't have other things that you have to deal with, let's he's just also, say. He's also cheaper and a better goal kicker. Yeah, yeah so, that's true. Yeah, there's that. Um, other news out of Manly was that um, Carnapper, car Moses Sully, hmm. um, Revealed that he was eating like a, a big box of of macas almost every night, and yeah. Because that's that's how that's how hard he works. He just gets macas because someone else makes the food for him. Um, and this story doubles down because Des Des Hasler then had to organise a healthy food delivery service to come to him with his with the food he should be eating, and it's helped him keep his weight down and play good footy. Well, nothing says responsibility like having to go from club to club because you keep falling asleep in your car and then having a grown man have to send you food because all you can do is go and turn up at Macca's and say, just give me the family box. Like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) How much is this dude earning? All I've got to say is he does an awful lot of work in his car. That must be one hell of a fucking good car. He sleeps in it. He orders his food from it. Just man, that must be some hell of a vehicle. Yeah, he's got to be in a he's got to be in a car that has like the massage seats, the heated massage yeah. seats and stuff. Like, uh, you know, and what would that be? I I, I know that the It'd be a Mercedes. What they should Mercedes should come out and just make a car. The Mercedes Sully. Sully. Yeah. <sighs> what's this? What's the slogan for Mercedes? By the way. Um. What's the slogan for Mercedes? I don't know. Um, uh, we're good in Formula One. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> buy our car so we can afford to pay Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty um, much. Forget. I th- I, the slogan might be, forget everything before 1946. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> A bit like Fanta's. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, established 1946 about then. Yeah, around there. Mm. Um, another story that's broken today is that the West Tigers have officially told Josh Reynolds that he is free to speak to other clubs. Um, mm. He's got two years, I think, left on his contract at the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only played, I think, nine games since coming over from the Dogs because of he's had just a, a treacherous run with injuries. Yeah. Now... There's no doubt that this that this bloke can. He's got the the heart, the passion to want to play, and he's got the work ethic. Yeah. Um, his body's just failed him, and I think if yeah. he can get his body in order, 
I'm going to put this here as an idea. I think he'd be a, a good purchase for someone like the Titans who are looking to rebuild their failed rebuild and rebuild. Yeah, after that, the previous rebuild before that where they were trying to build something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that, look, I don't know. I don't know. If I was the Titans, I wouldn't be looking at a player like him just because I feel like they need to stop going for the bits and pieces sorts of players. They need to stop going for the... That they need to aim higher, I feel like, at the Titans. And, like, I don't know. He might be another good signing for the Canberra Raiders if they can get him healthy. Um, but that's the problem. It's like he hasn't been healthy for a long time now. And it's it's just basically, I think it's put an end to his career. I don't know who is going to want to pick up his contract. And that's a problem for the Tigers because if no one else picks up his contract... They're going to have to pay it out. Well, they'll just be stuck with him. I mean, essentially what's going on is the fact that they've said this to him Mm -hmm. is a pretty strong indication that they've had a chat with Benji and Benji Marshall's indicated he will play next year. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why this conversation has taken place. Um, So, I don't know. See, the reason why I suggested the Titans wasn't so much for, you know, because of what he's going to do 100% on the field, it's that, that work ethic off the field, which that club sorely needs. And they could even just hire him on a Justin Potato deal, but where he works as an off-field trainer or something like that, and gets these blokes actually working their asses off to you know perform better on the field because he does have that ability to do that. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how players would react to that, though, because, like... If if he's telling them to sort of, you know, lift their socks up and train harder and all this stuff, but he can't actually play himself because he's always busted. Like, I, I don't know that all, all players will um, take yeah, what he's saying on board, you know. That, and that's just my personal feeling on it. Maybe uh, I'm completely wrong. I, I think, given that, it's pretty well known that he, he doesn't go out there and play by halves. You know, he yeah. puts his bloody ass on the line every week. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's passionate as hell. So I think that's that would cover the fact he's been injury prone. <clears throat> so would you look at having just... you, could you could you have him and Roberts playing in the halves? Mm, I think you probably could. I think they could make it work. But then yeah. what do you do with Taylor? I mean, I don't know what you do with Ash Taylor because I don't think he's going anywhere. Taylor needs to leave the club. Simple but, as that. But who takes up that salary? It's uh. massive. Yeah, he's he's got to go somewhere else. I don't know I where. If the, oh, I was going to say the Raiders, but they picked up the Snoz. Um, yeah, they're, they're set. They've locked in the Snoz. Yeah, yeah. And they've already got Williams and Caesar there, so I think they've got enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough second-rate expensive halfbacks. Can we just call him the winged keel from now on? <laughs> I feel like that's his name. <laughs> he He's the rudder's rudder. Horizontal jaws. <laughs> oh boy yeah yeah god he's got a he's got a beak on him that boy it's fantastic too like i'm not i'm not putting it down it is a thing nah. of beauty and there is that old talk you know blokes with with big noses are pretty handy downstairs yeah uh, if that's the case mate he's he's gonna have to wrap that thing around his leg whenever he goes out and plays otherwise he could be in a bit of a bit of injury-wise every time he gets tackled around the legs. Giant penis. 
<laughs> you know, spread your legs, Canberra. It's coming. <laughs> He's going to be in the right place. He's probably get a rental place out of Fishwick somewhere. Yeah. Well, well, you know, busy boy. <laughs> when he gets to Canberra, Lake Burley Griffin will be the second wettest thing in Canberra. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going there. We're going there. Um, someone else is going somewhere. Yeah. Oh man, these nice. segues. Yeah. Um, Channel Nine have reported that there are moves taking place. Apparently to make the Titans Brisbane's second rugby league team. Now, if we go back to one of our first ever episodes, mm-hmm. I put this idea forward then that the Titans should move to South Brisbane or possibly even the Sunshine Coast mm-hmm. and just become Brisbane's second team because the Gold Coast is just a death hole for for sporting teams. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there's talk it's going to happen and that they would be playing up to eight games at Suncorp. Um yet still be based on the Gold Coast somehow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a, it's not the worst idea in the world. I think the interesting thing about it, and this was a report by Channel 9, um, they were mentioning the owner of the club, and I, I, I can't remember her name. I'm very uh, Rebecca, sorry. Rebecca Frizzell. There we go. So they, And she owns the club, and we talked about it a couple of episodes ago that if you're the owner of the the Titans, how long do you look at what is happening on the Gold Coast and think to yourself, look, we're kind of in this black hole for sport in Australia, which is kind of weird. And we talked about that a couple of episodes as well. Um, and and whereas I can move to Brisbane and have this, I mean, it would just put the value of the club up by many times straight away. Uh, they, the, the news report said that there had been talks with Suncorp Stadium. So that was interesting because that takes it from being like just speculation to there's actually some moves being put in place. Um, and they would call themselves the Southeast Queensland Titans. I don't know about that name. I think if they are going to make the move, I, I feel like you have to sort of do it full time. I think you've got to go and be like the Brisbane Titans if you're going to do it. But they've got to have some sort of agreement with, uh, and what is it, Seabus Stadium up there on the Gold Coast? Yeah. I mean, they must have some sort of agreement where they play out of that stadium because if the government built that stadium and didn't have a long-term agreement from the Titans, they were absolutely mad. Yeah. I dare say it would have been something along the lines of <clears throat> you've got to play a minimum number of games there every year. Mm. And given that they're talking about eight Titans games going to Suncorp, Mm-hmm. Perhaps that minimum is four. I also wonder if I wonder if the Titans, as a business entity, whether they were shut down and restarted under the same name and colours as we see uh, in England every two or three weeks, um, and whether that relieved them of any long term obligation to playing out a sea bus. It's interesting. I. I I, sounds, I can see, sounds very Sydney Tigers-ish of 1994, <laughs> It does a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, um, maybe they can get a purple line across the jumper as well. <laughs> Fucking hell. I wonder. <laughs> I, I just think you've got to commit. If you're going to make the move, commit. I know that yeah. the, the broadcaster would love there to be a second Brisbane team full-time. Um, and as we said, in that episode we did, it was, I think it was 47, 48. It, was, but it would have been 48. Um, 
Maybe it was 49 when I think about it. Anyway, you look through all of them. It's one of the first 50 we set it in. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's it's something that, you know, it's not ideal. You want there to be a team on the Gold Coast, but, man, it, it's hard to not make that move if you're in the Titans. Yeah, I think they must be in a situation where, now that they're privatised, the owners are, have apparently been linked to discussions about this move, although they've denied it. Um, Chris Johns has been linked to discussions in this whole move, but he's denied it. Yeah. And John Rebo has been involved in discussions apparently, but he's not said anything. Yeah, I'd love to know where those two come into it. I feel as though that's a bit of media bullshit, to be honest, but mm. who who knows? Like, weirder things have happened in rugby league. Yeah. Um, uh, Wally Lewis was commenting during the news clip about it, and he seems to be pretty bloody keen on the idea. He really was. Although, then again, his employer is Channel 9, and Channel 9 must be doing backflips thinking about a second Brisbane team. And, um, well, the other thing Channel 9 did, which you mentioned too off-air, was um, they were quick to mention Super League. Yeah. Ah, the Super League <laughs> architects. It's like, shut up. Channel oh, it's nine. another Super League war. I know. Oh. Just moving one shit team out of the Gold Coast to yeah. another part of Brisbane. Settle down. <laughs> it's um, I tell you what. If I own the Titans, I would make no bones about the fact I'm moving them to Brisbane because I want my I want my team to be worth more. I move my team to Brisbane, and in ten years from now, I could sell it for like five times what I bought it for. Yeah. That was always my argument, too, about it when we discussed, you know, teams being relocated and whatnot, is that, to me, there's no fiscal sense in staying yeah. on the Gold Coast when the people aren't turning up. They yeah, just need to that's... move it to Brisbane and just go, you know what, let's just play out of Suncorp and just get the big crowds consistently and just make money. Because at the end of the day, that's what that's the sole purpose of football clubs, is to make money. Making money generally leads to winning. Uh, I thought the and, sole purpose of football clubs was to give people second and third and fourth chances and make everyone a redemption story. <clears throat> no, that's that's just a fringe benefit. Ah, uh, okay. Like the yeah. cocaine. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Yeah, they, they, allegedly. Call, they don't call it cocaine because that's a bit Justin Potato-ish. They just call it nose candy. Ah, uh, okay. I'm not addicted to cocaine. I just like the smell of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's it'd be a shame if the Gold Coast lost their team, but I I feel like it's so close to Brisbane that if they did do that little bit of a split of games, it'd almost be like St George Illawarra playing in Wollongong. You know, um, yeah. Well, that's how that's how I sort of envisage like it. Is it wouldn't be you wouldn't be alienating your um your support base, what little there is of it yeah. on the Gold Coast any more than they have been. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like the stadium at Rubin is actually something that's easy to get to. Yeah, yeah. It's... Still don't know where it is on the Gold Coast. Never seen it. Oh, it's been just... to the Gold Coast a bunch of times. Never seen the stadium. They put it near the train line. That was about it. Oh, there you go. Yeah, um, just a nonsense area. Should have put it closer to the beach. Could have been a marquee venue. People could have gone to it. Um, but yeah, they stuffed that up anyway. Um, yeah, look, it's not going to alienate the fan base. They can still play games at Seabus. Who knows? Having less games there might actually get people to want to come along a bit more often because it become more of an event because there's less games being played there. 
but it's it's also one of the things and i used to argue with english fans about this they'd say like oh if you change the name of the club you'll alienate the fans and the fan the, the diehard fans and it's like listen if there's only 1500 diehard fans it it's all over anyway like yeah. you, you just can't get by if you're getting tiny little crowds. And how long are you supposed to struggle with those tiny little crowds? And look, I know that they haven't exactly been setting the world on fire, but even so, when you watch those Titans games, I mean, their crowds are pretty damn poor. They're not quite Roosters crowds, but they're not far off. Yeah, I'd, I'd say they're close. <laughs> they're very, very close. Yeah, they're and, pretty, and, pretty damn dire. Yeah. Um, and given that they don't have a team to compete with, you know, they're on the Gold Coast. No one's going to watch the Suns play football. Yeah, there's so, literally the only things that they're competing with are like, you know, this basically the Gold Coast strip. That's it. Yeah. And to yeah. be fair, to be fair, you can get some good kebabs there, go to the beach. Nose candy. You know, oh, nose candy. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> go to the Hard Rock. I love the Goldie. I know you hate it, but... Man, I could live on the Gold Coast very easily. Yeah, I, not my not my cup of tea. Yeah. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned about the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. The meter maids. Well, that that is one benefit of the area. Yeah. Just yeah. doing God's work. Yeah. You just see, that's the thing, that's the problem with the Gold Coast is with the meter maids. All you see is people driving around parking. Yeah. So I've ne- I'm trying to think if... Uh, last time around, did I? Yeah, we had a car when I was at the Gold Coast last, uh, but we rarely used it. We sort of parked the car and and sort of went everywhere on foot because we got a good place that we were staying at. It was on, uh, I think it was called Paradise Island. If there are any Gold Coast people listening in, we sort of walked from Paradise Island down to the Strip and all that. We had good fun. Yeah, I actually I'm fairly confident that much like the Titans. The number of listeners we have on the Gold Coast is probably equal to the number we've got in Russia. Probably. Although we get a lot of listens from Russia. Yeah. Which is odd. I wish I knew some Russian, hey. I'd say something in Russian. The only yeah. Russian I know is, I will break you. <laughs> <laughs> if he dies, he dies. That's a classic line. I like it. Yeah, I use that a lot. Now, um, I suppose another quick bit of news was uh, Sam Burgess. He's had a bit of an infection in his uh, shoulder injury, and the media's gone all wild because he's now got a drip attached to his heart. Oh my god! He's got, uh, and it's completely the heart, the heart, completely normal. NRL physio sorted that out. He's like, yeah, that happens all the time. Don't worry about it. It's normal. So what happens? Um, I knew when they said that he got an infection in in the shoulder that it just and as far as I know, he's just getting it cleaned up a little bit. Um, when they said he had an infection in the shoulder, I thought, man, he's going to be out for probably a month or so. Now I could be wrong. I am not a doctor, believe it or not. Uh, it's one of the few things I am not is a you doctor. You are in the medical profession, though, I believe. Well, I am an enthusiastic amateur gynecologist. But I draw the line there, like yeah. with a pencil too. Um, so, an actual pencil. Um, <laughs> no, I lost my train of thought. You bastard. <laughs> you shouldn't be encouraging me like that. That's just going to lead to this podcast being shut down one day, all right? 
You cannot do that, Phyllis. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully it, it he gets it under control pretty quickly and um, obviously they've been right on top of it. But, yeah, it's it's got to be a pretty nasty thing. And, I mean, he's he must be sick with it. Like, it's got to be something that, you know, it's not just a normal – it's not like a, you know, an infected toenail or something. It's, he's come out of surgery and got an infected – infected wound basically so he wouldn't be real real well at the moment so hopefully he gets over that quickly and gets back for the bunnies it's a big blow for the bunnies because they needed him back yeah they um they, they go for just struggling badly mm. so, yep that's probably that's gonna hurt their um their run into the finals as well they're gonna hope he gets he gets good within the next month so he can get at least three or four games under his belt before the finals kick in yeah, and I mean, depending on how bad the infection is and what, how long it takes him to get over it, it like he might need to run back into fitness or just get. I mean, he could be losing weight and all sorts of things. Like, it, hopefully, it's not that bad though. Hopefully, he's back in a couple of weeks and it's just not too much of an issue. Yeah, now I'm just uh, having a look on the NRL website, checking out their. News from their um, wide array of journalists there. Yeah, journalists. <laughs> um, you mean content creators because they're not fucking journalists. I hate <laughs> it when I see the NRL types put journalists <laughs> to their name. It's like you work in comms. Stop bullshitting. There's no journalists anymore. No, that's true. Who's a journalist these days? Um, comedians mostly. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, they're the closest you get. Yeah. Um, Moses and Bai said the Dragons were right to rest Ben Hunt after Origin, saying that Origin was emotionally tiring. Yeah. That just baffles me. Look, so is the end of Armageddon. Fucking harden up. You get paid, <laughs> uh, like, a million dollars a year. You, if you're emotional... Don't bloody remind me. Yeah. It's like, jeez, man. Like... They're paid to play football. Emotionally tiring. Oh, Origin was emotionally tiring. Do you reckon they'd be saying the same shit if they'd won? No. No. There's no There's no New South Wales players coming out talking about the emotional toll it was taking. Exactly. Even bloody Mitchell Pearce hasn't been crying about it. No. He's still still celebrating, to be honest. Yeah. The monkey's off his back. Oh, yeah. Um, He's one just last... got to work on the poodle. <laughs> I was going to say, there was one last story here. Yeah. Um, Belinda Sharp is going to become mm. the first female referee in, in the NRL. I know we're going to yeah. discuss this in further detail in a future episode, mm. but um, I just sort of pop it in there because um, it is a bit of history there. She's, yeah. not, the, she's not the first female to referee a uh, top-line men's game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who was that? That was someone called Casey Badger. Yes. And her and Gavin Badger were yes. the two referees officiating a game between the Philippines and Thailand, I believe, a few years ago. Oh, there you go. So she's not the first, but she's the first in the NRL. 
Yeah. So there and we that's go. That's an achievement. That is an achievement. So it well is. done to her. And Definitely not mocking her there, but um, just yeah. sort of making it clear, everyone in the media seems to be talking about how this is some huge major first. Mm. But if we're honest, someone's been there on the international stage, and I rate the international stage, even though it might have been Philippines and Thailand. Mm-hmm. Interna- international stage should be seen as being pretty bloody mighty. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, I just wanted to make that record straight, and yeah, we're we're going to be talking more about that um, very week. very soon. And yeah. yeah, it's going to be good. We're not great even going we're not even going to tell you what we're talking about, but we will talk about this in great detail. It's perfect timing too. Like mm. I tell you what, when I was uh, when I I, I called the, our our booker in and I said, "Listen, we're going to do something here," and and I told them, "Your job's on the line." And he said, oh, "Again, you know, yeah. yeah, stop bitching. Otherwise, yeah. we're not going to throw you any more sausage rolls." Exactly. And then I remembered that I was talking to Mason and that I had to do it myself. <laughs> he went and fed himself anyway. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> now, one other thing I want to talk about. It's got nothing to do with rugby league. All right. Sort of. I went on Twitter today and I saw Huddersfield trending. And I yeah. thought, I need to raise this with you without going into what it was about. What do you think would be so exciting about Huddersfield that would force it to trend on social media? Um, the only <laughs> thing I can think of that would make Huddersfield exciting enough to trend on Twitter would be if, like, a meteor hit it, right, and there was a little baby inside the meteor, and he lifted a car off of somebody, and he that so they called him Clark. You know, that's the only way that I could imagine that Huddersfield would be exciting in any way and exciting enough to trend on Twitter. The problem in England at the moment is no one gets called Clark anymore. They all get called Jordan. Jordan. They're all George. Yeah, you can call Jordan. <laughs> Jordan Kent. Imagine that. No, your name is Cal L. It's not. It's fucking Jordan. <laughs> it's Jordan. Can you... Um, yeah, we're terrible at accents. Can you imagine, like, Fucking Jordan Kent, and he's just eating a pie and peas, and then like fucking what's his name? Marlon Brando comes out of an icicle and says, "Listen, your name's Cal L," and he's just you know he's got mushy peas everywhere. Kind of ruin it, wouldn't it? What what would be Jordan Kent's kryptonite? Uh, Toothbrush. <laughs> I would think anything after nineteen eighty two. <laughs> just basic, basic modern civilization, you know. <laughs> Fucking like unleaded petrol and shit like that. The new stuff. Oh jeez, you'd be a coal miner though, hey? Well, do they have coal? Do they mine coal in Huddersfield? Nah. nah all the do? mining's gone out of there, hasn't it? They just get. They just are born and they die there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, Hello to they, everyone in England. Weren't they in the um, the the millinery departments and the cotton and wool and stuff like that in, in Huddersfield, I think? Were they? Yeah, I don't think it was coal. Okay. Happy to be corrected. Um uh, if you've got if you've got um if you know the history of Huddersfield, if you just send us an email 
at I don't care at leaguefreak.com. And it might bounce back, but we got the message. Yeah, trust me, it'll come through. <laughs> so um, one more thing just before I wrap this up. We'll talk about, uh, let's see, shout-outs and emails and comments and stuff like that. Have we had anything come in since yesterday? I did not look. Yeah, I'm you gonna know what? To, I'm, I'm going to have to sack fairly confident and say nothing's probably turned up. Probably not. Um, but... On the plus side, how good's the podcaster numbers going? Like, we're raging right now. Wait, they are going through the roof. Yeah. Uh, we were worried because we'd, we'd had one week where we hadn't actually recorded an episode. Sure, we'd done a, a few live shows, but we'd actually recorded an episode, and we thought, oh, everyone's going to abandon us and leave us. Um, no. No, no, no. You've you've stuck with us, and um, the download numbers have just gone even more more nuts. So we've become like a drug for you people, I think. Mm. And We're like nose of, candy. Yeah, exactly. And instead mm. of getting you the help you need, we're just going to keep feeding that addiction. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we're just going to have you hoovering that stuff up, just doing lines of ass. <laughs> wow. That's uh, that's an amazing thought. Yeah, we made it to 51 episodes before we fucked it up, hey? How about that? We've, <laughs> we've, we've gone pretty uh, pretty full on in this episode. We've gone from outrage to just downright abusing certain things. It's been yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because we started off with international talk, very serious and stuff. We get to 51 and we've described ourselves as cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> People are snorting. Yeah, yeah, that we're going to get them more addicted to. It's fantastic. Um, I do want to say that um, Nadine showed how committed she was today. Yeah. Because uh, she's actually, she was at work, and she listened to the four-hour live broadcast that we did last yeah. week. Wow, that's good. And she stayed back at work oh. to finish listening to it. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't think why she was motivated to do that. And she claims that she she was made to laugh a few times. And I can well, confirm awesome. that that's had nothing to do with me. Well, it's nothing to do with me. I mean, no. I'm always serious when I talk about stuff. I just wonder how her work colleagues um, would have, like, I mean, obviously, everyone listens to our podcast with their pants off. So I just wonder how that was taken in the office. Like, that's pretty. that's a pretty aggressive move these days in the modern office. Like, you haven't been able to do that shit since about 1987. This is the thing. She has her own office. Ah, uh, there you go. Uh, do you reckon she has one of those door locks like um, that guy from the NBC Today show had? Where oh, he pressed the button and yeah. it locked his door. She's also got blinds, like Venetian yeah. blinds in there as well. Yeah, yeah. And there should have a do not disturb sign on Probably. the door. Probably. Um, people would just get sacked if they touched the door handle. Yeah. Attempting I, to get in there when she's got that sign on there. Just bang, they're sacked. Yeah, and I feel like she would have a secretary as well. That, oh, of course. Um, like one that she's she's pretty stern with, like, and that she would say, she'd be like, um, hold my calls, you know, yeah. just go into the office and listen to us for four hours. She would have even gone to the effort of being a typecast as possible and probably made sure that she got a secretary named Janice. Janice, yeah. Janice, like hold it, my calls. 
And she's like one of those chicks that that uh, dresses up like it's the 1950s. Oh, the shoulder pads. Yeah, and like their their hair and everything, and because they had they had hair back there. Oh yeah, with the massive bouffant thing going at the front of the yeah. yeah. God, listen to us. Did you ever watch Mad Men? No. It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm I'm a sad person who spends their life instead of watching TV and stuff that's interesting and exciting. Um, yeah, otherwise, just reading newspaper articles from 1914. <laughs> I, do, I do way more exciting things. I mean, I wouldn't be up at 2.30 at night trying to work out a way to sort out a international rugby league ranking. <laughs> no, that that's definitely not something you do. Nah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, geez, that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could hear Freaky um, slowly going to sleep, but somewhat excited about what the end results were going to be. Yeah. He stuck, he stuck strong. We'll, we'll uh, yeah, we'll do an episode about that. I think it's almost ready. I think... I know that I got the result that I wanted. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We've got to tweak it a bit further to make that result better. Yeah. <laughs> just just little tweaks, you know. Just yeah, little yeah. tiny. It's like 95% of the way there. It just needs refined. Yeah. Maybe even with a little bit of bias. Well, people... Mathematical have, bias, but, but bias in, in some degree to make it more accurate. People always say that I'm biased. And I'm nah. like... I'm like, it's ridiculous. Why would I be biased against something that's so irrelevant? No, you're biased to to rugby league. Yeah, exactly. And the integrity of the game. Yeah. See that? I brought it right the way back. That was was glorious. Yeah, sometimes even I do some good stuff. (laughs) Well, I think we should probably wrap it up there with that magnificent bit of work, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um... Big shout out to the starting block. Drop As the always, K. Check them out every every Wednesday. Yep. Right. Richard Cranium doing some good work on Twitter. He certainly is. Who um, else have we got? James Smith. <coughs> you know, big supporter of ours, James Smith. Yeah. We'll have Samuel, him on again soon. Samuel Bayless. Yep. Sam. Always got heaps of really good ideas for the podcast. Always retweeting it it's fantastic um obviously nadine nadine's yeah. fantastic our um, legal department known as arabella yep yep fantastic um, god damn she's going to be busy after this episode she really is um, um old michael's janice <laughs> old michael's old janice um, <laughs> what would your secretary be called because you can name them you know when you when you hire them you name them what would you call your secretary um oi <laughs> Boy, yeah, I'd say it. 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 I feel like it. Hold my calls. Yeah. Oi, give me give me another pie. Oi, give me some water. Oi. <laughs> of course, I would hire a male secretary because I don't believe it's just females that are secretaries. No, that's true. I um, I I wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. I same. wouldn't be looking at them. <laughs> I'd have an intercom line to them. Oi, do this. I don't want to hear you talk to me. Just do what I tell you to do. Just, just you know, click my fingers. Yeah, or just press the intercom button, like the old school ones. 
Meep. Oi, go get this. And hang up. Coffee. Just one word each time. Coffee. Exactly. If, if it was you, would be like every 13 seconds. Coffee. Yeah. Coffee. 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 <laughs> Basically, I've just got to work at like a coffee shop, eh? What you need, That's... too, is you'd have one of those little sushi train, um, um, <laughs> you know, travelator things. Oh. And so you don't even have to see them. They just make the coffee, put it on the travelator thing at there, and it comes through a little window, just rolls around in front of you, and you just pick it up off your desk and keep going. You never want to take me to a sushi train, right? Because you end up with a table full of them plates. I go, I eat sushi like a gorilla. You know, <laughs> I, I just, uh, that, like, you're supposed to eat it in little portions and stuff. I'm pulling plates off. It's just a constant, like, I might as well just have that conveyor belt going straight into my lug. Like, uh, you know. You're an Australian male. We don't eat small. No, exactly. This is one thing I found when I went over to England, is you go over there and you look at the size of the steak over there. Yeah. It's like paper thin, and they talk about how great their steak is. You hear some people going, oh, we've got really good steak here, and you're going, it's paper thin, it weighs about 85 grams, and it costs the same as a bloody 400-gram T-bone in Australia. Yeah, you had them saying that they had good steak. Yeah. Wow, I would have said, man, are you serious? I said, that, where is what it? What about mad cow disease? Like, yeah. is that just something you forget about? Well, like, I if said you, to him, if, if you go to, to the him, UK, where, where is the steak? <laughs> that's it there. No, that looks like a slice of ham in Australia. That's not steak. Yeah. But do you know there was a point where if you went to the UK, you weren't able to, down, I think it was donate blood because um, that because of mad cow disease because it has a gestation period where it just sort of sits dormant in your system. Nice. So, uh, yeah, anyway, it's something to, something to think about, well, Andrew. When I, when I was there last, um, the Aldi in England got in trouble because they were, yeah. they were substituting horse meat instead of their beef mince. Oh, I remember that. And uh, you know what? I, I would have no problems eating horse. No. I'd, I'd just leave that to the cat. Really? No, look, horses are dumb animals. I don't really like eating dumb animals. You think horses are dumb animals? Yeah. Have you ridden one? I have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're dumb animals. Oh, I don't know. If, you have, if you've got to pull on a cord certain ways to make it do what you've got to do, and you're instead of just telling it, Oi, dopey, turn fucking left. If it doesn't understand that, it's a dumb animal. And I can tell it. my cat. I can yeah. tell my cat where to go. Like, go to your room. It goes straight to where its room is, where it's got to be. You know, that's, that's a smart animal. But you, so you wouldn't eat a cat? Why not? I've heard that tastes like chicken. I don't know that I've heard that cats... I know that mountain lions taste really good, and they're supposed to taste... Uh, I think they taste a little bit like pork, and they're really, really good eating. Um, I don't know what a domestic cat would taste like, though. I don't think I've ever heard anyone eating a domestic cat. Oh. I know that coyotes taste like what they smell like which doesn't sound real good um i don't know what wolves taste like i'd eat wolf um yeah anyway wow you can't you can't take me down these rabbit holes i start exposing the sort of person i am all of a sudden i'm eating all (laughs) the fucking animals and shit but yeah i'd eat horse i'd have no problems eating horse well, the English certainly did. They didn't know the difference, but that's mm. because their beef was so crap they couldn't tell what good beef tasted like. Yeah, it just just like the rugby league players, the beef in Australia is better. Yeah. Um, help us, Arabella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, on on those fantastic notes. We will wrap this one up. Save ourselves any further drama. Yes, thank uh, you everybody for listening. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for all your retweets. And uh, oops, we'll we'll speak to you very soon. Absolutely. Catch you later.